Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening. Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world. This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Here we go. Here's our fun. I I throw out a topic and see what your perception and opinion is on it. Yeah. Hit me with it. Yep. We're going to start with Which could also be a theme for aliens, depending on what show you're watching. <laughs> I immediately... In Scooby-Doo, they used it for both. I, I actually... My mind went to... This is... I don't even think you would even know about this unless I had mentioned it to you when you were a kid. That kind of brought me back to that old show. Never liked it. Lost in space. Lost oh, in space. I've only space. heard of it. I've never seen it. With that dumb robot and that poor guy had to be in that dumb robot suit. Ghosts. 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 I know I do like looking at that meter on the thing. Ghosts. <laughs> it's a fun word. What? What do you know about ghosts? Man, I feel like my brain is filled with all kinds of like weird facts about ghosts. I got all sorts of stuff from from simply just having an interest in like fantasy and lore and also having an interest in like actual paranormal studies and having an interest in horror films my brain is so packed with facts ever since i first started watching movies in fact scooby-doo is my first real introduction to that whole thing who 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 showed you scooby-doo you and mike (laughs) (laughs) the two of you (laughs) that was one of the best cartoons Ever created in the 20th yeah. century. Yeah. It stands the test of time. Yeah. I mean, watching that when I was a kid, I think, honestly, I think I have Scooby-Doo to blame for my interest in like paranormal studies. And well, and, and myself and mm-hmm. my brother and. Yeah. I mean. The two we've, of us we've were had totally such a focus. into that. Yeah. I literally, I don't even know where to start. There could, I could probably what go on for hours. What are ghosts for you? What, what are ghosts? Cause we only, oh, we, we've geez. only got 35 minutes. What, or are, less. what ghosts are ghosts to me? you? That's the first, my first, what, what is your definition of a ghost? God, I have been waiting to see a ghost my whole life. Yeah, I was going to ask you, have you ever seen a Never. ghost? I have no memory of ever seeing a ghost. I have, I have no memory of ever feeling a ghostly presence or anything that I would consider to be like a ghostly presence. So do you remember, there they are. No, no, John of course and I don't remember McAllister. that. Of course I don't remember you don't, that. <laughs> you don't remember John and Jackie McAllister? Yeah, you've seen ghosts. You well, just don't you remember it. You only told me stories. And I wrote it in your journal. That's all I have to go off of. I have no, I have no memories to go off of. You have no of. memory of John and Jackie McAllister None. at the Holly Berry Farm. The Holly Farm. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, they were ghosts that you saw very clearly mm-hmm. clip in their holly to put in boxes to ship off to China. It's very interesting because a lot of the time when spirits, I'm just going to chime in here with this. Yeah, go for it. When spirits are become displaced. So when we become attached to a life and we feel that there's more learning to do, we feel like we want, we want to continue in our movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when the body's done and for a lot a lot of people, a lot of souls, that body could be done way earlier than what they wanted it to be mm-hmm. done, when they wanted it to be done. And they can stay in the life. And as we know, you know, universe, allness, the, the one wants that experience. Mm-hmm. And so they end up creating in these interdimensional pockets, because there's a lot of them, a lot of inter- interdimensional pockets, that continued life. They don't want to go into what we call the spirit world or the astral plane. They don't want to go there. They want to continue with the life. So they do. Hmm. You saw that with John and Jackie McAllister. They had not gone into the light. I have another possible explanation for that too, actually. Yeah, go ahead. So... Uh, I think it could also just be that when we think we're seeing ghosts, what we're actually seeing is we're just seeing like, I mean, this is sort of similar to what you said, but it's a little different too. It's we're just seeing alternate dimensions where they are still alive and they are still just continuing out their journey. And that's it's true. like, I think that that can sometimes be startling or frightening to people, which is where like the the idea of something being frightening or scary comes in. But it's also interesting, too, because, like, there are definitely, like, there is such a wide array of different ghost stories and purported, like, supernatural encounters ranging all the way from the most, like, you know, benevolent and kind to the most malevolent and, you know, evil. And, And so it's like there's a huge array of, like, different presences that people have cataloged. Um, I have not really felt my personal experience evidence of any of them um but i also am like kind of thinking that i'm thinking that people tune into those frequencies on their own terms so i think that when somebody is like aligned like a tuning fork to the right frequency they will bring that frequency into their experience and i find ghosts to be a similar thing i don't really think i'm vibrating at a ghost frequency I don't really think I'm vibrating at a demonic frequency, and I don't really think I'm vibrating at a poltergeist frequency. I think I'm vibrating at a frequency where I understand that everything is one. And so whenever I encounter like a feeling, sometimes I will get really scared and I'll think of ghosts, right? Like I'll be in like, you know, I'll be in like an environment where I'm alone or something seems really creepy. And and I've even tricked myself into seeing like, I remember there was this one time when I was a kid, my God, I was paralyzed by fear. I was in in the bunk beds in the townhouse and I opened my eyes one night and I saw this like shadow in the closet and I thought it was the shadow of a man with an afro and I thought it was somebody in there who was like waiting for me and I stared at that thing and I was like trembling I had cold sweats I was shaking I was paralyzed with fear um, but after a while, like, I don't know how long and it just didn't move. I like finally got up to check and it was just a silhouette that I had convinced myself was like, you know, something totally different. 
Um, and I think that honestly changed a lot for me because I was like, oh, yeah, okay, so this is like 90% the mind. Like, the mind does so much work to fill in all of this stuff, you know? And and even if we're thinking about, like, more evidence-based, like, encounters that are, you know, kind of more unexplainable, um, which I feel like there are pretty few, at least that have been widely documented, it's like, even then, mind is still God. You're still bringing these things in. You are bringing in and filling in the gaps to what could be a totally different presence than what it is that you think you're seeing, you know? So it's like, I, I just, that's kind of where I am with that whole thing. Um, I, I have read a lot, though. I've read a lot. I've studied a lot. Well, as you know, I have a lot of experience with the ghost world. I have been asked and have been hired and paid, paid work, <laughs> which I love. It's so fun to exercise, to release displaced spirits, ghosts, poltergeists. Po I, you know, honestly, I've never had an experience with a poltergeist as far as what people categorize as a poltergeist. So, yeah, what, what does that mean to you, the word poltergeist? Poltergeist to me is literally, it's an energy that doesn't have a soul. It's an energy that is like a bounce off of shadow and frequency from light. That's what I see as a poltergeist. Quantum physics would explain it that way as well. It's literally just where light suddenly isn't where there's a like a shadow it's the shadow bounce off that's interesting well yeah. sure i mean that's just the that's that's literally the logic that would be the physics of it because light doesn't travel light uh -huh. just is but the when there's a cover-up of light there's the shadow uh -huh. and the shadow can get little fractals of light in it little frequencies and it has little color frequencies and it'll have little bounce offs and does it affect physical things sometimes of course it does do ghosts, can ghosts, displaced spirits affect the 3D realm? They can when they are not fully in one dimension or another. Now, I want to touch on this point that you shared about what you had said that ghosts could possibly be the, and share that, say that again, what you had said. Let oh, yeah. Let me get that. I mean. I, no, no, no. Just if you could remember. No, I, I, I'm. I can it's literally it's just that they're the exact same like person operating the same life but continuing it on a separate timeline. There line. it is because yeah. I wasn't going to be able to remember that verbatim. You you had said that. Now in quantum healing we know because we've heard this from the clients and for me I've quantum jumped a lot. Mm -hmm. We have thousands of parallel lives. You make a decision about something, you don't take action to make it happen, it splits off, it's a parallel life. And there's a quantum entanglement that is the result of that. Mm -hmm. Because there's still an attachment to, well, I could have gone that route. And I am completely open to the possibility, the realities that when we are seeing so-called ghosts, we're literally seeing parallel lives. Mm-hmm. I think it's an absolute possibility. I have experienced my own parallel lives mm -hmm. and they are real. Mm -hmm. They happen to me when I'm in my uh, night sleep time. They've also happened when I'm in my day sleep time. Mm -hmm. I have experienced this since I was a small child and have 
suddenly just like multi multi located, like bi located, and suddenly I'm literally having an experience of observing myself or I'm in, I'm in action in another life and everything is what I think it is, but it's just a little bit weird or off. Mm -hmm. And people are talking to me like they know me and I'm like, what is going on? But back to the ghost thing, my experience, which is vast with so-called ghosts is that it's literally souls who are attached to a persona, a personality, an ego, and they're not wanting to leave. And there is another light for them to go into. There's another another dimension for them to go into where they need to go into next. The higher self is wanting them to go into there, but they have shut it off. And every single spirit that I have experienced, which is a lot, children, from the 1700s in New York City, uh, from Ireland, from the United Kingdom. Um, uh, and let me give an example. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just share the story and I'm going to try to keep it quicker because it's long and you've heard this story in your life. When I was living in New York City, I was asked by a friend of mine that I danced with professionally. She lived in a really old apartment building up in Washington Heights, which is northern Manhattan. This building is huge and she, she lived there and there were crazy physical and electric things going on in the entire building. Many of the residents were complaining that the washer and dryer in their unit would just automatically turn on with nothing in there. People would talk about how the lights were flickering in their dining room, their kitchen. People were experiencing hearing screams or yells where there was nobody. It goes on and on and on. Windows would open automatically. Windows would close automatically, things like that. and. My friend asked me if I would come and come to her apartment and investigate while she was there. She had a roommate. And so I went and I went in and immediately felt a lot of heavy energy. I felt a compression on the top of my head, like I was being pushed down. I explained that it's a very old building like one of the oldest buildings in the United States, this huge apartment complex, still used. Hundreds of people live there. And they look almost like um, British flats. So I go into their apartment, which I think might have been on the fifth floor. Don't quote me on that. It's just what comes to mind. And very dark. As soon as I walk in, she has the dining room light on. She doesn't, I said, don't say anything to me. Let's just allow something to happen if it's going to happen. Immediately, the dining room lights begin to flicker. And she says, we have changed the light bulb so many times. We've had the, the mechanic or the, uh, the maintenance guy in here who has literally looked for faulty wiring, nothing. She says, this is an updated chandelier. Most of all the apartments have an updated chandelier. So they basically went through every step on a physical level to prove that it's not faulty wiring. It's not faulty equipment. They had the washer dryer checked. All the units have had the washers and dryers checked. And now management and maintenance are very aware that their residents are saying that the building is haunted and management and maintenance have also experienced some strange physical and electronic phenomenon. I proceed to go, there's a side room with French doors. There's no energy in there. I go down this hallway. I go into the living room. There is some energy in there. 
And I, but I really feel that it's her bedroom in the back. There's one bathroom with an old clawfoot bathtub right next to the master bedroom. I feel something's back there. I said to her again, don't say anything to me. Let me feel this. Okay. But I mean, she's, you know, she's just like looking intensely because she's a person who's very frightened. She's very scared. So I go back into what I realize is her room. And as soon as I walk in the door, I feel like somebody's suddenly pressing my head down. I'm like, oh, I have a physical response. I go into the room. I immediately feel that her walk-in closet with the door closed has got some sort of intense energy. I just sense it. I open up the door. It's very dark. It's very old. Looks very ominous in there. It has that ominous, creepy feeling. She and her roommate, along with her cat, and her cats, by the way, would not go into her room. She had two cats. They refused to go into her room. So the animals are responding as well. The animals also wouldn't go anywhere near the dining room table or the chandelier. They basically just stayed in, in the living room and they went and stayed in the room with the French doors. So I'm taking note of this. Animals aren't going to go into her room. And she said, they definitely won't go anywhere near the closet. I go in the closet, feels creepy. I feel it. Okay. So we arranged the following weekend She's going out. She had planned to go somewhere and she wanted me to apartment sit. I agree to do this. I was with a boyfriend at the time. He and I lived together. He was going to come with me and stay there. And we stay there for two days and two nights. Very first night might have been a Friday night. Can't remember. I go in, I bring in my crystals. I bring in a cedar wood and sage smudge stick. This is what I was, I was drawn to do. I bring them in. I've got matches. I bring them in. And my first feeling is to go into her room. And I didn't know anything about crystal grids at the time, but I was called to take, and I didn't have a whole lot of crystals at that time. I know I had a clear quartz, I had a rose quartz, I had an amethyst. I had a Herkimer diamond from Herkimer, the Herkimer mines in Northern uh, New York state. So I made this little crystal grid just based on intuition on her bed. And I sat there and I thought, I just feel like I need to sing. So I just began singing and just, and I didn't know Om then, wasn't a yogi, none of that. I was a professional performer. I was a professional dancer and singer. And I just felt like just singing, just in vowels. That's all I did. It was all intuitive. As I did this, the compressed feeling in the top of my head started to lift up. I was like, okay, clearly tone is working here. So I left the crystal grid in there, lit the, sm- lit the smudge stick and began to smudge and just tone. So all I did. Then I called in the light, just called in light. I called in anything that felt good to me, anything that felt joyous to me. I knew about St. Germain and the violet flame, called that in. I knew about the archangels. I called in the highest archangels. I called in the angels. That was my very first time doing that. It felt good to me. I called in white light. I wasn't using the word God. I think I would use the word great spirit at the time in universe. I called all of that in to balance everything out. Left the room. That night, I decided I was going to take a bath because a huge clawfoot bathtub and I love baths. Filled up the bathtub in the bath. Facing this way, bathroom door is to my right. As I'm sitting there in the water, and I've noticed that water is a big key for me to be able to enhance all of my clairs, I see a girl in my periphery, small girl, 
ginger haired with this little pinafore dress on that almost looked like a little mock sailor thing. And she had on white little socks that went up like right underneath her knees, a little pleated blue skirt dress. And she walks slowly right there and stands in the door. And I know that if I look, I'm not going to see her. So I continue to just kind of look in the water and I see her and I just start talking to her out loud. She was there. It was very clear. And I said, hi. And she points at me. And I only hear her telepathically. And she says, you've got to come with me. I felt her fear. And I said, what's your name? She said, you've got to come with me. I eventually learned her name is Fiona. I got up out of the tub, wrapped my, a towel around my body, dried off my feet. And I literally kept looking so I could see her from my peripheral. There were times when she, I couldn't see her and times when I could, but I could always feel her. She brought me to the closet. Open the closet door. I see her by my side and she's pointing and I can hear her in my mind like a, like a thought that's an extra thought. Because I said, what's your name? Fiona. It's very tiny. I said, what happened? She said, he killed me in there. I said, who killed you in there? My uncle. She proceeded for quite some time to tell me the story. She's, I think she was six. And her family came over on the ship to Ellis Island. They landed in Ellis Island from Ireland. And her aunt and uncle were with her, her dad's brother. They all, her, her parents and her, she's the only child of her parents. They slept in the bed in that room. They had a little child's bed for her on the closet floor. So she slept on the closet floor. Her aunt and uncle slept in the other room that has the French doors now. Her uncle was very vicious, very abusive. And she said he was very sick. And she pointed to her head. He's sick. And he became very violent. And she said the ship made everything worse. She said everything here is not what we thought it would be. Everything here is so bad. We thought the new world would be this wonderful place. And she said, and we have to work so hard. And my uncle is so tired. And my daddy is so tired. And she said her uncle came in to try to attack her. And she said she screamed. And in her screaming, he stabbed her to death. She was stuck there. She couldn't get out. And she said she just keeps seeing it over and over again. And she can't get out of it. And so I asked her, would you like me to help you to get home where your mommy and daddy are? Yes, please. She was desperate. She was very sweet. I said, okay, I will. So I called in the angelics to open up a portal of light. This was all my imagination that I used. And I used my crystals and I called in a portal of light. And I continued to look because I was only seeing her out of my right peripheral, which is interesting because I usually receive visions through my left. But this one was from my right. I felt her energy in there. I said to her, you're safe. I've got you. I'm calling in your spirit guides. So I called in her spirit guides and all of a sudden I heard this little second thought say to me, mommy's here. I'm going to go home now. And there was a little wind that came in the room. No windows were open. A little wind and the bedspread did a little rustle. And all of a sudden I just felt this spark up in the ceiling and all of the energy lifted up in the room. And then after about an hour, the cats came back into the room. And that was my physical proof. And the boyfriend that I was with at the time, he refused to go in the room. And he came back in after a little while. 
I had already gotten dressed. And he said, I don't know what you did, but this room is completely different. It was cleared. There, after that, there were no more electrical problems with the dining room lamp. The washer dryer calmed down. The cats would now go into her bedroom and all of the other rooms. And she was able to live there. They, she and her roommate, my friend, were able to live there. And that was my first exorcism. Yeah. All it is in my perception and my experience, all ghosts are, are spirits that are attached, that are looping an experience based on an emotional attachment. And they just sometimes need some assistance in order to show them a different perspective. Mm -hmm. That's all that I do. Mm -hmm. And I have been asked and hired to clear out a professional music studio, um, many, many houses, land in Portland and outside of it. Um, I have been working and I've shared this with you. I've been working on the entire I-5 corridor going from here all the way up to Puget Sound from all of the indigenous annihilation that holds a frequency of genocide there. And it's all it is. It's literally just emotions that are trapped and looping and it can create all of these physical distortions. It creates a lot of chaos. And I also do feel that when we can perceive parallel realities as well, for those of us that are more in tune to being multi-perceptive. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who listened to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, feel free to check us out on Instagram at One Long Conversation to get some updates on our future episodes, our future content. Um, you can also follow us on Patreon and become a member. We have a lot of interesting and awesome perks and uh, cool ways to connect with us and, and our community that we're forming there. So go over to Patreon uh, at One Long Conversation and you'll find us there. Um, we also have these episodes going out on YouTube now. So if you go to YouTube yet again at One Long Conversation, uh, you will find video versions of these episodes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.